Mini episode 1185 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at Sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You'll want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode number 1185. It is part of the FDH Lounge 13th anniversary celebration. This is FDH Lounge managing partner and original dignitary Rick Morris, joined also by original dignitary Chris Galloway and fellow dignitaries Anthony Patrone, Ron Glasnap, John Adams. In the first segment that we did, Sports 1184, we did the whole setup as to what we're doing the background on some of the players involved here on the panel, etc. I'll refer you back to that. We are talking about different categories in the 2010s and the 2020s since our anniversary is in mid-January and it coincides more or less with the turning of the decade here. Entertainment Pop Culture is our segment here and members of the FDH Academy of Arts and Sciences submitted their uh, answers via a survey, including uh, most of our panelists here, uh, we'll get to the panelists' answers here at the end, uh, but uh, the ones who uh, submitted it who are not here, we'll go through those. Tim Trammell said for the 2010s, his predominant uh, story or thought was for entertainers to stay out of politics and for the 2020s to do their jobs well. So, very straightforward advice from, uh, from Tim. From uh, Simon Applebaum. Uh, that the 2010s were an uh, era of plentiful TV, that diverse TV and smart TV really took off in the 2020s. Interactive TV bursts wide open. Uh, Karen Cahill, uh, the 2010s, the Me Too movement resulted in many high-ranking entertainment industry executives uh, being forced out, and uh, she wasn't sure on the 2020s. And uh, refreshing honesty, by the way. A lot of times in life uh, when a lot of us aren't sure on something, we'll give an answer anyway, so... Uh, good answer on the 2010s, and props to you for your honesty on the 2020s, Karen. Mike Morris, uh, my brother, votes for the 2010s. YouTube celebrities, direct-to-consumer video, millionaires being made from that, and power structure being turned upside down because of that. He expands on it for the 2020s. Someone will go from a nobody to a TikTok star to a movie star in a $100 million blockbuster, elapsed time under 12 months, and others will do it, rapid rise celebrities. Very interesting. Uh, Tom Denk for the 2010s, rise of streaming services, 2020s, wars of streaming services against each other. And we are seeing that right as the decade uh, turns here. We're really starting to see that accelerate. Nate Noy, 2010s, video games from Minecraft to Fortnite and professional gaming networks. The world has dramatically changed. 2020s, hopefully advancements in high-speed high coverage for everyone, including more rural Americans. Quick side note on that, uh, Nate is now living in rural southern Colorado, and from talking to him, it sounds like it's decades ago when he describes what life is like out there. I mean, just even high-speed internet or anything like that, uh, there are parts of this country that are so far in the, fast, in, er, in the past, and he is living in one of them, so a very interesting point by him. Uh, Tim Faust, 
2010s. When I think about it, the access everyone through social media has to every facet of the lives of every pop star. Access to their dressing rooms, dinner tables, vacations, etc. is pretty amazing. What's more interesting, perhaps, is access to not only what they're doing, but how they're feeling. We get their raw and unfiltered reactions to political events, tragedies, and other significant moments. We all know that this is at once attractive and annoying, but nevertheless entertaining in and of itself. No longer do we depend on People Magazine and even E! News to allow a peek into the rich and famous. They give it to us themselves 24-7-365. We could see this coming at the beginning of the decade, but we are full-on participants today. For the 2020s, Tim Faust says, For the past 75 years, our television set has been the primary access point to the entertainment world. More specifically, the content has been provided by traditional television networks and more recently cable networks. We've already seen Netflix, Amazon, and Apple enter the mix, so that's not new. What we will see over the next decade is the complicated demise of TV as we know it, further exacerbated by consumers' willingness to cut the cord with the access of 5G wireless access. That means no more purchasing a package of channels through cable providers, the ability to purchase content on an a la carte basis, the irrelevance of primetime TV, and in fact, the TV set itself becoming nothing more than a portal to access viewing applications as opposed to an inflexible list of channels that each show one choice at a time. Steve Cervillo for the 2010s. Transformation of Bruce Jenner to Caitlyn. Uh, okay. Uh, 2020s. Harvey Weinstein trial. Another big names coming out associated with sexual harassment in both Hollywood and the music industry. So we now get to uh, the participants at the table with uh, with their answers. Uh, I'll give mine. For the 2010s, I said, particularly if you include YouTube, the dominant role of social media in creating superstars, also Me Too for its role in toppling so many titans in different industries like gigantic dominoes in such a short period of time. Uh, 2020s, social media will still be a dominant part of the star-making equation, including apps nowhere on the map at the beginning of the decade. So... My answers were not too dissimilar from some of the other ones here. Uh, let's go around for, for some of the ones from folks uh, at the table who answered it. Uh, Johnny, you said for the 2010s, social media and Me Too. For the 2020s, more diversity coming, but should be based on quality as well as representation. Social media bubble to burst. People will crave human touch. You're going against the grain on the second prediction there. A lot of people are, yeah, yeah, really. Let me jump back. Yeah. Uh, In terms of the social media and Me Too, yes, absolutely happening. Um, I want to comment on a little something from Tim Faust, and then I'll jump into the 2020s. Uh, You know, it's interesting. These narc... The, you know, a narcissist doesn't do anything without a plan. So right. to think that this is all uh, by chance what they're putting out there, I think, is uh, a false narrative. Right. I, I Now, are there moments where people will be caught uh, off guard at times and, and have something? Possibly. But, uh, you know, what, what is that? What do they say? Any, any publicity is good publicity. Yes. So I think we're naive to think that a lot of this isn't engineered in terms of the social media piece from well, celebrities. That's a great uh, point. And Faust is not a naive guy, so right. whether, whether he spelled it out or not, I right. know he agrees with you because they're saying it, but it doesn't mean we should take it at face value. Right. Um, and I do, uh, I, I think it's, it's appropriate to have uh, more representation, more diversity in our media. Uh, I would like to put it under the umbrella of I'd like to hear more stories. And I, and I want a, a good story, and it really doesn't matter to me personally, uh, you know, race, gender, uh, whatever that is. I do think, to a point, there will be a bust in the uh, social media media bubble. Um, I think it's already happening. I have some friends that are, are making a little career shift with a startup company. There was a, uh, some people that had an interest in uh, Orange County, California. 
they've moved their world headquarters to uh, greater Cleveland area because there's absolutely no sense of community where they were at. Everybody is so self-absorbed onto their phone. They were craving that human touch, that community. And I think as human beings, uh, there's an element of that human connection. And, uh, you know, I guess it's a hope as well as a prediction. I would like to see uh, more uh, connection to people. So I do think there will be a, a, a point where people will pull back. I do think this is a critical generation that is in the room here mm -hmm. because we've got people that remember life without a cell phone. Mm -hmm. Our young people will do not know life without a cell phone. I was in a Panera, and I left my phone at home, and I asked the staff member, I said, uh, you know, do, you, do you have a pay phone? And I paused for a second, and I was like, have you ever seen a payphone? Uh, but you know, uh, but I think there's that. I think we're we're an interesting generation because we can kind of bridge the gap, so to speak. Go Gen X. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, we, we we who are allowed to revolt anytime anybody says "Okay, Boomer" to us, we are not Boomers yet, uh, and nor will we ever be, I guess, in terms of definition. But the way that they're Saying, yeah. Well, I'll always go hipster before I go get off my lawn guy. <laughs> With the exception of one thing, I think we've all got a couple things we could be get off my lawn guy about. Yeah. I know, yeah. So, oh, I got plenty. I was about to say, Rick has a list of about eight hundred. <laughs> yes, know, that's correct. I, I can't get through any phone call without him, without me having end the call going. Okay, get off my lawn, cranky old man. Well, yeah, and it, it spilled over. I remember our, our NFL draft recap last year, like the first part. I, the, the funny thing is, and it, sometimes it's like you say it like it's a bad thing. Sometimes getting somebody annoyed makes for great radio. And Chris was full-on annoyed with me as I was ranting about how they're dumbing it down, they're making it accessible to housewives and everything like that. He was just like, enough of this crap. So, you know, guilty as charged, man. That's how I am. I am get off my lawn guy. I don't like a lot of these developments. But uh, and, and in entertainment and pop culture, I guess that would probably uh, go pretty wide as well. Uh, Ron, on your thoughts, uh, you said for the 2010s, Instagram has given everyone a channel to express their thoughts for millions to see and hear in an instant. Not always for the best, though. News outlets cover Instagram like they're actually quoting their subject. And with everything being instantaneous, scandals and gossip are created or muted in a matter of moments. 2020s, every major corporation, retail, entertainment, sports will have their own streaming service or be part of one that exists. But how many different streaming services can we afford? Cable TV, as we know it, will go the same way as the antenna. So, uh, to a certain extent, there are probably some overlap with Faust's predictions here. There's going to be a lot of overlap on a lot of our predictions here. But uh, as somebody who is uh, you know, inside the industry here, working in sports TV, I know you've got a unique perspective on this. Well, you know, bringing up the Instagram, you could make the case that I mean all social media, but um, I know my 20-year-old niece and nephews look at Facebook like it's for old people, hmm. and they they have moved on beyond that, and they want Snapchat and Instagram and, and things like that. Whatever's Especially, coming next, right? Yes, and whatever's mm -hmm. coming next, mostly because it's more visual. Mm -hmm. It's not a Twitter where it's mostly all copy. It's not Facebook where it's a lot of shared pictures or here's a graph or something like that. Instagram I can broadcast from. Instagram I can share a picture. It's easily done. It's ironic. It actually goes back to, you know, here's what we used to do in, in the caves 5,000 years ago with uh, cave drawings. Well, this is just the same thing 5,000 years later mm -hmm. is, hey, you know, here's my drawing, except I'm putting it on the, t on the phone for every single person to see. And I think that's a huge thing. I... I brought this up to classes that I've spoken to about marketing and that sort of thing is 
every single one of us right here has the ability to broadcast worldwide mm -hmm. in two seconds. Yeah. Now, whether anybody's paying attention to it is another whole question, but... But I do like Instagram. Sorry to interrupt. I do like Instagram from that standpoint. One, it's phone based and it's and it's handy to use. Exactly. It's, 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 but you can you can even alter photos. Take a photo. There's filters. You can almost do your creativity for the day. Um, so it's not right. real. Yeah. You yeah. can alter it. You can change it. You can add extra things. Um, so it, it does change the message that you're bringing out. And we all know that there are thousands out there of Instagram stars who really have nothing else to contribute, but yet I'm getting paid for eating uh, live on Instagram. Yeah. You know, or something to that effect. Uh, and that's what's going to lead to the future um, as we see it. I, I think the streaming services, which are huge, I'm, I've been a cord cutter for the last couple of years mm -hmm. and haven't missed cable at all, especially the very large bill that I used to get. Right. Uh, not that the bill's gone down a whole lot. But as more and more of these streaming services come out, and they're more protective of their content, mm -hmm. because that's what it's all about. It's all about mm -hmm. the content, not necessarily the distribution of where that content goes. Right. You know, since I work for one of the sports networks, do I care if you watch it on streaming, if you watch it on cable, if you watch it on your phone? Doesn't matter. As long as you're watching it, Yeah. Th that's all that's important. Um, and as we get to where we can find out how we where we can measure that, mm -hmm. where we can tell who's watching it on their phone, how many unique streamers do we have, mm -hmm. how is this affecting advertising, that sort of thing. That's where the streaming, I think, is just going to explode with people you wouldn't imagine at all having a streaming network. Walmart. You're yeah. going, what? Why would Walmart have one? Because they're just like Amazon. They want to sell things. They're associated they, with Voodoo, aren't they? Or, uh, or, or one be, of these ones. Yeah. One, one, one of the, yeah. They can either establish their own or buy other ones. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm waiting for one of the political parties to create their own streaming service. Yeah. Now, you can make the case that, Don't give you know, depending, depending on the news channel, they already have those yeah. things. But, you know, there's going to be people out there with just influencers of, you know, somebody else who wants to make a statement and have a streaming service um, put on other little contents here and there. And I wonder how you're going to afford everything with eight ninety nine for this streaming service a month. Right. And you're broken up with, I want to see this, and I want to see this, and I want to see this. Suddenly your bill is what it used to be for cable. Yeah. Well, and really what has to happen is someone has to find a way to aggregate all those streaming services into a, into, so you, then you buy one big streaming. Oh wait, that's cable. That's cable TV. Uh, yeah, true. But well, <laughs> Disney's doing that. We dismantled cable to create yeah. cable. I mean, I, I think right. Bob Iger would be the first to say, "Hey, wait a minute, what about us?" Because right now you can get Hulu uh, or Hulu Plus. I guess it would be Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all together for one low, low price or whatever the hell it is. So there's already a little bit of that internally. A couple other things about what you said, Ron, because there were a couple interesting points there on apps and things like that that younger people like. You know, like my brother, he's gotten to be into TikTok just because of his kids. And you're like, oh, Rick, you got to check this out. Versus, you know, I had sort of my own experience because I picked up a couple months of Amazon Prime at Christmas here and then uh, ended up uh, downloading Twitch because uh, there's a 24-7 Lucha Libre channel. So I always joke about how I single-handedly raised the age curve significantly by putting Twitch on my phone. All of a sudden, it's no longer a younger demographic they're catering to. 
So no, they still are. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're not catering. Well, I know. I, I'm not under any delusions that they're catering to this uh, demographic, but uh, yeah, I hate know. to tell you, you're out of the main demographic now. <laughs> yes. The yes. main demographic is 18 to 49, and you're out. So, <laughs> which makes you a hipster. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there's a lot of that going around, Ron, as you well know as, as well. But uh, You know, the... I, I this all ties back into the themes of this, which is technology. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what I mentioned earlier about fragmentization, um, my big thing for the, for the 2010s was the rise of you know, again, the streaming services, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, mm-hmm. um, not only their availability in putting stuff, previous content out there, which kind of they all, they all started as, mm-hmm. but then now they're all actively and aggressively creating their own content. And now you've seen Apple is doing this. Mm-hmm. So it's not just allowing me to see a, a movie from 1979 that I hadn't seen forever on TV that I can now stream on Amazon or Netflix. But now it's also all their shows. They're winning all the awards. Mm-hmm. They're putting movies out simultaneously in theaters and, you know, at home on the TV through their steam, streaming service. So this sort of democratization, um, again, more fragmentization, but more options. Which I think, sorry to interrupt, just interject here, uh, is has been great for the consumer because the writing has been fantastic. And you're mm-hmm. not, these writers are not married to 42 minutes. Yeah, right. For, for an episode. It could be 58, 56. Yeah. When's the natural break? And it's created, the quality has just, I believe, skyrocketed. That was going to be one of my other points, is that the Uh quality and then the volume of quality, Uh not just one or two, but now the volume of quality, we are in the the heyday of quality, quote-unquote, television Uh in terms of programming. Um, you know, it's never been better. Right. Um, not only in volume, but um, in the, the genres, depending on what you like. Um, Obviously, it, you're not a fan of The Bachelor uh, or no. any of that kind <laughs> no. of program. But somebody is. Somebody yeah. is. That's the whole point. Somebody Someone is. is. Yeah. It's not me. I only am a fan of The Bachelor in Paradise. But somebody <laughs> is. And when my daughter watches a show on YouTube that's just some gal who talks about uh, unsolved cr- murders or crimes... Mm-hmm. You know, for forty minutes, she's you know that gal's got one point six million subscribers. Maybe Robert Stack doesn't host that show, right? <laughs> I mean, but that's and so again, and here's where this is all coming together. We look at Mike Morris's very, very accurate prediction of how someone is going to go from being a nobody to be an international star in less than a year because of these technologies. Uh-huh. Um, that's already happened. It happened sure. once with Justin Bieber. Yeah. He right. was a kid. His mom put some YouTube videos of him playing a guitar. Right. And and next thing you know, he's an international sensation. Um, you're going to see more of this because of this of the variety of media and the various channels for people to be sc- discovered. Now, the negative side of that is more people putting out content, more people to be discovered in some ways then also harder to be discovered. Yeah. In the sense that you don't just go to Hollywood now to be discovered, which was hard enough. Now you're putting stuff out into the Internet mm-hmm. around the globe competing with 7 billion people. So you can get around the globe to 7 billion people, but now you really got to fight your way through and do something unique. But it does provide opportunity. And one of the things it does is, you know, for example, some something that's, a, I know, a hobby of yours mm-hmm. is, you know, writing screenplays mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Yep. Hulu. Apple, Netflix, Amazon, they are st- 
starved. And soon, and now YouTube, they are starved for original content. Hit me up, they H-Wood. need somebody and people to write screenplays, to write scripts, to come up with television show concepts because they they need just the same way we watch this with cable news network and and, and televised sports. The twenty four seven nature of it, right? It started with the news networks. Yep. They how they have to fill. You know, all these networks have to fill 24 hours a day worth of content, and you get all these crazy shows and all these personalities emerging because they just a constant hunger to have to fill the airwaves with content. All these platforms, and the ones that we don't even know about yet that are coming, right, because there's uh-huh. somebody out there with something, the next thing that's going to be the next platform, they all to fill content. So that's going to provide more opportunity for the Rick Morrises of the world to get their screenplay in front oh, of somebody. God. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and again, the world just like The Bachelor, that. hey, it's not for everybody, right? But you know, uh, it'll it shouldn't be, be for anybody. But somebody <laughs> may, somebody may want it. So I, for me, that was the tens were this great, you know, this emergence of these things. Mm-hmm. One, it also shows that how powerful capitalism is. Yes, because this is, you know, this doesn't happen in any other culture other than capitalism right it's not it's not happening in china take that okay? i'll give you an example there's a great article i was reading in the economist the other day what name me what name me the great chinese bands they don't exist name me a great you know k-pop out of korea they've yeah. got a huge international following europe america name me the chinese entertainment and yeah. they don't exist um, so it is a there is a cultural thing as it relates to capitalism that allows these things to develop. So you move forward into the 2020s. Um, you know, again, what does this mean? This and we talked about this in sports and getting into politics and other things. It's the blurring of the lines is what this technology is going to do. The entertainment, the sports, the news. It's all be it's all blurring. It's it's you're going to have more volume. It's going to be more fragmented. It'll be more democratic in that sense, in terms of variety, because you won't again be subjected to three networks deciding who gets to be on the big television. Right. And so you're going to have an explosion of these streaming services, video content, different types of you know entertainment. Kids watching Mm esports and flipping over to their favorite YouTube makeup artist, Mm -hmm. and then you know. Who's getting those dollars? Everyone's competing now in a hyper-competitive environment as as it fractionalizes. And so the point of all of this is that going forward in the next decade, there's no longer a lane. You used to have a lane. You were a politician. You were uh, an actor. And even when you were an actor, you were a TV actor. You weren't a movie actor. No, because those people didn't cross over. Right. Now 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 you could be a Kardashian who releases a single... And, sh- and be in a major motion picture, you could be an athlete who does a rap album. There's no lane anymore. It's all blurred, and that's what you're going to see in the next decade. Is it's this, their brand? It's yeah. It's, it's creating it's, their brand, whatever avenues and branches come off of that. Brand. And and you're going to see how this ties into my future predictions about geopolitics. Interesting. Well, and you to to use an example a little bit closer to home. Uh, one can be uh, an, an elected public official with a fiefdom of their own and yet be a panelist on a program such as this. Correct. But, uh, <laughs> in terms of streaming, I know Anthony's got that uh, for, for his ones here. Before we get to Anthony, I just want to mention in, in terms of streaming here, uh, one, of the, one of the guys who voted here, one of our uh, dignitaries, Simon Applebaum, that is somebody I, I want to put on a panel with you sometime. Uh, Chris, uh, his uh, his podcast and his website uh, is about the intersection of TV and technology and where it's going. Tomorrow will be televised is his brand. 
There was a panel that I did with him and with uh, Stuart Elliott, uh, both uh, writers also for Media Village. And we were talking about, I think it was the, uh, the, the TV upfronts. We look at those every year. And you guys were talking about this before, the different streaming services to come. Neither one of these guys remembered this, but I remembered it. It was they're, they're just odd pieces of trivia that lodged themselves in my head. Right around 2014, 2015, you know who was talking about uh, doing one? Overstock.com was talking about starting up a streaming service, and that didn't go anywhere. Stuart Elliott, with one of the finest ad-libs on the program in its very history, says, What's that going to be, nothing but unaired TV pilots? So, you know, Overstock, they thought about it, they didn't get into it, but it just shows you it could be coming from anywhere, because... Well, what, what was that idea about? Getting a, getting a piece of the pie. Yeah. Dollars. Getting it's a piece of the pie. It's always about dollars. It's always yeah. about somebody establishing their brand, whether it's how they're doing it on Instagram and selling their perfume and, mm -hmm. and their, you know, fashion handbag line and their clothes and oh by the way, here's what I here's where I would go to eat and sleep and right. and vacation and whatever. It's all about the dollars. Nothing different. It's just a different manner, but it's nothing different than it used to be. 50, 60 years ago about people making dollars. True. That's always what it's always about. Never think it isn't. Go oh. capitalism. And well, yeah. we sit there and say, well, there's all this great TV. Well, there's also a lot of schlock TV. Yep. Okay? Yeah. But it's all about the dollars. It's where can I get the dollars? Where can I make the dollars? And ultimately, where can I make it without having to do as much hard work as I might have had to doing something else? Exactly. That's what people are always looking at. And again... This, this all ties in very closely. Anthony's answers are very much integrated into what we've been talking about. For the 2010s, more stuff streaming is a huge development. It makes it easier to get what you want on demand. 2020s, in, you will see the ability to get any music or shows anytime, anywhere. Cable systems will go away. So, I mean, that's an interesting thought right there, because what, what are you thinking the economic model is going to be if the cable systems are going away and people are getting this, or do you think that's yet to be determined? I think more or less it's going to be the streaming service, like Ron okay. said. I think that when you get your Netflix shows or your Hulu shows, they drop it on you. Here's okay. your full series. Watch what you're going to watch. Okay. Um, this is the season. There will be no more. My shows start Friday at 8 o'clock. That mm -hmm. won't happen. The it's only already gone. Yeah. Well, there are there have been a few shows that'll drop like once a week. However, I do think when they drop the entire series, then that I think that leads to the binge watching too. Which, right. Yeah. yeah. Hulu's been in the old model, but not many services are doing it. So yeah, it'll be all binge watching. It'll be all mm -hmm. boom. Here it is. The only thing you'll see live on demand or live when it happens is sports. Mm -hmm. And I, I had getting to even radio. Mm -hmm. I had a long talk with uh, a good friend of ours, Tony Mazur. Mm-hmm. And I was reading them some of these. Yeah. And he was laughing at me, and he goes, "Well, you're not. Nobody even put anything in there about radio." He says, "Because radio can't go away." Mm -hmm. He said, "But the problem is, what you need in radio is you need creative." He says, "I can go in my phone and get a Tom Petty song a million ways." Yeah. Anytime I want to hear it, yeah. because I can go get Luke Bryan a million different ways. He says, "What I can't get is creative talk." True. Like and this. Yeah. He said that, that, that the more radio you'll start seeing is the more creative talk, the more creative fun, the more different than music. It could be, yeah. And, and by the way, and Tony being a dignitary that has sat in on one of our Pantheon panels in the past, without giving too much away when we get into the, uh, the technology segment here, I did address that a little bit about radio and that it hasn't gone away, somewhat to kind of my surprise as far as the endurance of institutions. But 
Again, that's what we come back to when we were talking about this before. This is a transformative time. You still have older institutions that are around that are clinging on in some form or fashion or trying to reinvent themselves. New ones coming along, and, and we're living through all of this right now that, you know, much like the Industrial Revolution or everything else, people look back on subsequently and, and be able to see how it played out. And we're watching it all right now, which, I mean, that's it's entertaining to do personally. It's frustrating if you're trying to do stuff in a business environment and try to anticipate what things are going to be and where the innovation is going. And well, I think we've already seen the innovation in radio. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about the variety of talk, it's, it's I mean, that's podcasts. Right? Yes. That's this program we're doing right now. Yeah. That's, that's you know, now the issue on over-the-air variety is mm -hmm. you only have so many available um, signal points that the sure. government has released, and the ones that are available, the vast majority are owned by a couple of companies. Right. That they're not going to just suddenly allow, the, you know, the five of us to suddenly have a radio show from three to six, um, you know, Monday through Friday. And this would sound radically different with the ad breaks crammed in. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be in the flow that we're in. That's correct. And they, they, I think radio is under a pressure mm -hmm. that others aren't because of that uniqueness of limited spectrum mm -hmm. and then also corporate, um, um, you know, dominance. Right. There's, a few entities. there's only a, a few thing. entities. Yeah. And, and those types of, when you get into those situations in any industry, you see a lack of, um, you know, innovation. Yeah. And you see, and so I think that radio is going to be the thing that holds out sort of like the old model. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, if you have satellite radio or you stream podcasts in your car and do those types of things and you turn on, you know, terrestrial radio in a, in a local market, you were immediately struck by how god awful it is. Right. How 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 homogenous it is. How uninteresting it is. How uninteresting almost all of the people on the airways are. They're terrible. And it's because of that corporate dominance and limited options and they keep force feeding the same thing through the airwaves and and I think it'll really truly be the last thing to to change and develop. You know who doesn't listen to any of that crap? Our my kid, my kid, her 20-year-old friends. Radio is getting a reckoning coming in terms of how they operate their business, but we're still a little ways well, away because of older folks like us still dial into 92.3 or whatever. And, and I'm not going to say there won't be changes. Oh, yeah. However, mm -hmm. radio is good for little things. Example, Antonio's Pizza sitting right here. Okay. They're not going to go... Free plug, but they are great. They're, they're not... <laughs> just the example. Yeah. They're not going to go to satellite radio and right. purchase commercials. They're not going to go to... Uh, a, a pretty much nationwide, worldwide content like this, right? Well, but you'd buy because them on it's a, point advertising. You'd buy them on a podcast. You buy advertising on social media platform like Facebook in a local market mm -hmm. because that's where your eyes and ears are. Right. Yeah. The reality is, is a, and and is if that if I'm not getting enough eyes or ears through a, a different platform, I'm going to stop advertising there. Right. Well, and there's that's a good point. There's one other thing I want to mention before we kind of you know do a final look through the answers, and that is something that was touched on, I think, in one of Ron's answers as far as the ability to live stream in this day and age. And in looking at things on a business level here, uh, the 21st Century Media Alliance, of which uh, the FDH Lounge is, is a pretty good part, but other partner entities in the group working on things cooperatively. I remember this was like 2015, and I remember sending a memo out like, this has got to be the Manhattan Project. What do you do? And 
it, it just has not taken off. Like it started getting used Periscope and then subsequently Facebook Live. It was like a toy for people. And I don't know if it's just that it got typecast as a toy or what it is, but there were so many applications. Anthony, you, you and I were having discussions about that. We were talking at one point about possibly trying to do uh, you know, like a live action sitcom for that, trying to recruit some, some folks for that. Like, and, and it just has never gone anywhere. I've asked folks every year, uh, at the upfronts, so I refer to that. Like, is anybody talking about anything for live streaming? And no, live streaming is only just an adjunct to whatever projects they're doing. Like, let's take you behind the scenes of the six o'clock news tonight. Like, I, you know, I remember the, in particular you and I were talking about that at the time, Anthony, and I know you've got to be as bemused as I am that it's it's not, it's never taken off. I don't know that it never will, but it hasn't. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Like, is, is there anybody have any ideas as to why that might be other than that it just might have gotten typecast as a toy because it was used? Corporations crushed mm -hmm. Periscope, Facebook Live, and anything else because you're taking away their rights. It's all about the rights to broadcast. That makes sense. So if you're sitting there... It, at the NFL game in your hometown, you throw up your phone right. and say, I'm going to broadcast this game. Somewhere the NFL lawyers are out there going, no, you're not. You don't have the rights to run our game. Oh, I'll go to college. That college will be fun. Every college game out there has their rights. There's high school people out there who the the state high school association has the rights to broadcast games because mm -hmm. they don't want you to broadcast games because they think people won't come. It's all about the right to have your broadcast and whatever. That's why anything like that was crushed. Right. Is because it gave people the opportunity to, you makes, know, if you're out at sense. some wrestling event and throw up the live shot of, right. of what's going on, it's like, hey, wait a minute. We're paying how much to put this on the national network, and I can watch it on Twitter for free? Why would I, you know... Well, that's retransmission, so though. I'm talking original content. Like, why original content has not gotten anywhere, and why people haven't been able to take advantage of the immediacy of something. That, to me, has been somewhat of kind of a mystery as to why that hasn't really taken off. But uh, in, in terms of going through uh, the answers that everybody gave here, uh, some of the ones I thought were kind of noteworthy for, for the 2010s, uh, I, I will say, again, I agree with you, uh, Ron. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to note this one here as far as Instagram, the immediacy of reaching people. And uh, I think, as Chris mentioned before, uh, my brother Mike's point about uh, the, the time frame in which someone can become a megastar in this day and age, and that uh, I think somebody is going to follow the blueprint he's talking about here. So those are some of the ones I would find kind of noteworthy. Uh, anybody else got any thoughts on other people's answers? I would uh, agree with Chris in terms of the quality of, and emergence of the streaming uh, quality of content and shows, definitely in the 2010s. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and then the uh, evolution of how that's going forward uh, with Ron, where every major corporation will have their own some type of streaming service, and then how that's going to look is going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds mm -hmm. going forward. I would agree with that. Anybody else got any thoughts on any of the answers here? I, I would just say, lastly, that it's, it's interesting that we all zeroed in on the same stuff. Mm -hmm. We all zeroed in on the social media and streaming um, which tells you how powerful that is. Um, there's no great debate about, you know, hey, who's, you know, who's your top five NBA all time? Like, and we all have 20 different answers. Mm -hmm. It was pretty clear yeah. um, that, that, that we're all sort of discussing the same, different sides of the same coin on this, and regardless of what angle we're coming at it from. I would agree, yeah, and, and because these were really the dominant stories with, 
entertainment and pop culture in the 2010s, and then subsequently uh, as we go into the 2020s as well. No question about that. So, all right, I want to thank the panel for their contributions here. Uh, next up, we break down technology in the 2010s and 2020s.